Wisdom from Above with Dr. Harlan Betts. Welcome, podcast friends. This is Dr. Harlan Betts. The goal of Wisdom from Above is to go beyond the reasoning of man to the revelation of God. We believe that we can discover the wisdom of God by going to the Bible. I'm so glad you've chosen to make Wisdom from Above a part of your weekly listening. By the way, this is the 40th podcast of Wisdom from Above. And this podcast marks the second of our fourth season. Our fourth season is focusing on dangers infiltrating the church. In the first episode of this season, I noted that we live in a postmodern world that is characterized by relativism, skepticism, and subjectivism. Those three characteristics have impacted the culture, the church, and Christianity. One of the movements pushing postmodern thinking into the church is progressive Christianity. Progressive Christianity has no official headquarters, no official leaders, and no official doctrinal statement. Consequently, there is a wide spectrum of beliefs within the progressive church movement. However, there are several key leaders within the progressive Christian movement who have shared their teachings in black and white. Brian McLaren, Dan Kimball, Rob Bell, Leonard Sweet, Doug Paget, Alan Jones, to name a few. Through their teachings and through their websites and churches that are dedicated to progressive Christianity, we can identify the main beliefs of progressive Christianity. I am drawing heavily on books by Rob Bell and Brian McLaren, podcasts by Lisa Childers, blogs by Al Mohler, and three articles on the Emerging Church by Gary Gilley for much of the material that I'm sharing in this mini-series of four podcasts on progressive Christianity. Dan Kimball, author of The Emerging Church, says that the church must deconstruct, reconstruct, and redefine biblical terms. Well, what things do progressives want to deconstruct? Rob Bell, author of Velvet Elvis and Love Wins, makes it very clear that they want more than just minor changes. Rob Bell says, I don't mean cosmetic superficial changes like better lights and music, sharper graphics and new methods with easy-to-follow steps. I mean theology, the beliefs about God, Jesus, the Bible, salvation, and the future. We must keep performing the way the Christian faith is defined and lived and explained. He goes on to um, give an example that I found rather shocking. If it could be proven that Jesus had a real earthly biological father named Larry, and that the virgin birth was just a bit of mythologizing the gospel writers threw in, could you still be a Christian? And Bell says, yes. Yes, you could still be a Christian. He doesn't see a belief in the virgin birth as essential. He goes on to say that if our faith depends on doctrines like the virgin birth, then it wasn't that strong in the first place. 
Wow. In those few sentences, Rob Bell has undermined the deity of Christ, the virgin birth of Christ, the incarnation of Christ, the unique fully God, fully man nature of the virgin-born Christ, the inspiration of the Bible, and the inerrancy of the Bible. All of those have been undermined or denied by what he just said. We're talking about some major deconstruction and reconstruction of the faith. Let's look at a few of the doctrines and see what progressives are saying. In our last podcast, we looked at the deconstruction of the Bible, or their beliefs in the Bible, or it might be better to say their lack of belief in the Bible. They see it as a human product that is flawed, merely giving us the human author's best attempt at their understanding of God at the time in which they lived, and something that does not declare truth, because truth cannot be known. It's just an attempt to open the door to discussion. Now we want to look at the doctrine of God, the doctrine of Jesus, the doctrine of sin, doctrine of substitutionary atonement. First of all, the doctrine of God. Progressives do not focus on knowing God. They focus on experiencing God. Brian McLaren would say that God can't ever be an object to be studied. uh, McLaren suggests that our quest should not be knowing God, but rather it should be a quest for experiencing His beauty, His love, His peace. You might hear progressives saying things like this. It's not so much about knowing God as it is about feeling God. Or they might say, tradition and doctrine are not absolute truth. Or, the Bible can only tell us how those flawed human authors felt about God. You might hear them saying, God will never stop showering you with his love. Another thing I've read is, God's justice isn't punitive, it's restorative. So that's a short look at the, their doctrine of God. Let's look at their doctrine of Jesus. There's a passage where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for progressives, like Rob Bell, that simply means the way of Jesus is the best possible way to live. It's about here and now. The way Jesus lived is a pattern for how we should live. We can live the Christian life without the truth of Scripture. We can be a Christian without Scripture because what we believe is not important. For progressives, the important thing is not so much what you believe as how you behave. The critical issue is not who's right. The critical issue is who's living rightly. The most crucial aspect of the doctrine of Jesus is simply imitating the life and love of Jesus, according to progressives. Mark Ostreicher, president of Youth Specialties, makes these comments in The Emerging Church. Does a little dose of Buddhism thrown into a belief system somehow kill off the Christian part? My Buddhist cousin, except for her unfortunate inability to embrace Jesus, is a better Christian 
based on Jesus' description of what a Christian does, than almost every Christian I know. If we're using Matthew 26 as a guide, she'd be a sheep, and almost every Christian I know personally would be a goat. Wow, <laughs> the, the first thing that comes to my mind is the Christians that, uh, that Mark knows must be pretty untaught and unloving because most of the Christians I know would fit into the sheep category, but that's beside the point. McLaren sums up the progressive thinking with these words. And this is a quote. We place less emphasis on whose lineage, rights, doctrines, structures, and terminology are right, and more emphasis on whose actions, service, outreach, kindness, and effectiveness are good. That's from his book, Generous Orthodoxy. You see, for progressives, what we believe is not important. How we behave is what is important. Well, in contrast to that, the Bible places emphasis on both what we believe and on how we behave. According to Ephesians 2, 8, 9, we are saved by faith, not by works. But according to Ephesians 2, 10, we are saved unto good works. So the Bible talks about both belief and behavior, but it puts belief before behavior. What we believe determines how we behave. What we believe is very important. If you believe Jesus is just an extraordinarily good man, then you can't be saved. If you deny the virgin birth, and the deity of Christ, the death and resurrection of Christ, you can't be saved. You might hear progressives say things like this, Jesus is a model for living more than a person to be worshipped. Or, Jesus was a loving man who identified with the oppressed. Or you might hear them say, Jesus came to set an example for us on how to love one another. Or this is a good one. They say, imitating Jesus is more important than worshiping Jesus. Or Jesus was a highly evolved human being. Good, kind, loving. Life is more about humans becoming gods than about God becoming human. Or, as I mentioned earlier, you might hear them say, it doesn't matter what you believe, what matters is how you behave. So that's their view of Jesus, a very weakened view of Jesus. A Jesus who might be a wonderful man, but not truly God. A Jesus who might have a, lived a life that is worth imitating, but a person who is not worth worshiping. Now let's look at the doctrine of original sin. McLaren writes in his book, Generous Orthodoxy, Many of us have grown uneasy with the doctrine of original sin. Progressives say that sin did not separate Adam and Eve from God. Shame separated them from him. And the same is true for us. We just don't realize how much God loves us. Man is made in God's image, and God said man was good. So we should be affirming man's goodness rather than reminding him of his brokenness. You could hear progressives saying things like this. The historic position on original sin is wrong. Or God created man good and God called man good. 
So, they would say, man is basically good. In contrast, as you know, the Bible would say man is basically bad. That all of sin, there's none good. And that uh, we, we do have original sin. We're born in sin. And we need a Savior. Okay, let's move on now to the doctrine of substitutionary atonement. The idea in substitutionary atonement is actually declared in Romans 5.8. Quote, God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died in our place. That's substitutionary atonement. Jesus died in our place. He didn't do anything wrong. But we have. And the wages of our sin is death. So he took our punishment. He died in our place. He died for our sins. He took our punishment. That's the idea of substitutionary atonement. One of the characters in Brian McLaren's book, The Story We Find Ourselves In, says that the idea of God the Father sending God the Son to die for others just sounds like one more injustice in the cosmic equation. It sounds like divine child abuse. Wow. Those are strong, strong words being used against the idea of substitutionary atonement. McLaren claims to hold the historic creeds of the church, specifically the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed, but he doesn't. McLaren is undermining the deity of Christ. McLaren is denying the substitutionary death of Christ. Another progressive said, God's wrath is theologically impossible. Progressives don't think it is possible to link God and wrath together. They fail to realize that God's wrath is a just and well-deserved response to man's rebellion and evil. Another progressive said, penal substitution is a vile doctrine. Progressives would say that God didn't send his son to earth to die for our sins in order to satisfy his wrath, that would be petty and cruel. Jesus was crucified to satisfy our wrath. God allowed Christ to be crucified because we wanted it. His death wasn't even necessary. Rob Bell describes the gospel with these words. Quote, it begins in the sure and certain truth that we are loved, that in spite of whatever has gone horribly wrong deep in our hearts, and has spread to every corner of the world, in spite of our sins, failures, rebellion, and hard hearts, in spite of what is done to us or what we have done, God has made peace with us. So according to him, the gospel is simply that in spite of our sin, we're loved and God has made peace with us. So please, please note that in, in Bell's explanation of the gospel, There is no reference to the holiness of God, no reference to the wages of sin, no reference to the substitutionary death of Christ, or the resurrection of Christ, or the need for faith in Christ. You see, progressive theology is just good old-fashioned liberal theology. 
Richard Niebuhr summarized liberal theology in one sentence. And, and, and this is a great quote by Richard Niebuhr in describing liberal theology. It is, quote, A God without wrath brought men without sin into a kingdom without judgment through the ministrations of a Christ without a cross. Wow, that he was talking about liberal theology, but that is a perfect summation of emergent progressive theology. You might hear progressives say things like this. Jesus didn't come to save people from hell. Jesus came to set an example for us on how to love one another. Or that you might hear them say, my God would never send his son to be crucified. God sending his son to die on a cross would be divine child abuse. Or you might hear him say, God's justice isn't punitive, it's restorative. A God who desires mercy and not sacrifice would not sacrifice his own son. Justice Taylor, Justin Taylor, uh, reflects my heart in his blog, Between Two Worlds. Justin said, It is unspeakably sad when those called to be ministers of the word distort the gospel and deceive the people of God with false doctrine. I agree completely. It is sad, terribly sad, that people who are called ministers of the word are distorting the gospel and deceiving people with false teaching. In order to keep my podcast bite-sized, I'm going to stop here. And good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, we'll pick up this topic next week in order to look at the progressive view on hell and salvation. For now, I just want to thank you for joining me in this Wisdom from Above podcast. It really does mean a lot to me that you are part of my podcast family. I love to hear your comments. Please just leave them below or contact me at harlanbetts at gmail.com. And please help me grow this podcast so that others can learn and grow with us. Share this podcast with your family. Share this podcast with your friends. We're keeping the, the podcast cost-free and ad-free. Well, this is Dr. Harlan Betts wishing you a great week and God's blessings. Hopefully, we can recon, reconnect next week as we continue this passionate quest for wisdom from above. <laughs>